Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, I am super happy to bring you a longtime friend of mine. I met this guy a couple of years back at Zach Babcock's podcast in retreat in Florida. He's an absolute superstar in the world of sales. He is the host of the Noble Business and Brews podcast. Please welcome to the show, Steve motherfucking Taylor. Steve, welcome, mate. What's up, brother? How's it going? It's, it's great, man. I'm so glad to finally pull you on this show. Um, you're, yeah, it's been a minute, hasn't it? <laughs> yours is one of the few shows that I, I actually do uh, listen to and tune into on a, on a semi-regular basis. I, I really like I really like the format of what you guys do up there. Um, not sure I could uh, not sure I could join you on the beers, uh, but no, man, not now. Well, never actually. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're good. You could you could damn sure have some uh, old duels or whatever and join us. Uh, oh yeah. And it, you, we had a great time in Florida. I remember th- that shit, dude. So you didn't drink at all, and you were funny as a motherfucker. <laughs> I do my best. So you right you've had quite the career um, over the years in sales. For those of you that don't know, you those are the listeners that don't know, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you're doing currently. Who I am and what I'm doing currently. So um, obviously. I'm in the insurance business. Um, I came to work with Jason after a long career in the equipment industry. I came to work with Jason in July of 20. I, became, I bought into the business in December of 20 and became a partner with him. So I'm currently the VP of sales with Graybill Group. Um, obviously, the producers, our salespeople report to me, and I have some CSRs and account managers that report to me, and I still sell a little bit on the side as well. But uh, anything and everything to do with insurance, uh, we, myself and my team, specialize in commercial and large ag business. Mm-hmm. We don't do a lot of personal, you know, the basic personal lines and um, homes and that type of shit. We have we have a crew that does that, but we don't spend much time on that. So how did you get into the insurance business from industrial sales, man? There's got there's got to be a what do you mean? Actually, dude, it's, a, it's a crazy story. I mean, it's a good story. Um, so so, so it, this, the whole fucking point of this podcast, right, is to share your history right, and share yeah. the cool shit that you've done and um, know that I'm not editing any of this out. Perfect. Well, I, yeah, I, we don't edit our shit. You've listened to our show, so it's all good, man. <laughs> so yeah, Dan, you can leave that in there. So, so um, how I got an in insurance. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you it was probably 2017. I didn't really know Jason very well. I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had went to 2016, I believe. I went to my first 10X Growth Con, and it was in Vegas, and Cardone threw it. And I'd never been to one. I'd never listened to a fucking podcast. I'd never new shit how did you how did you sell any how how did you have a career in sales without without knowing that shit well i think dude um as you know you know my story i started really really young in sales uh um my dad and a friend my dad was a restaurant guy he had a couple restaurants my mom and dad worked at the restaurant day and night he liked cars and so him and a buddy opened up a little car dealership Mm -hmm. and on the weekends I was 13, 14, 13 when I started, I'd go and wash cars. They'd, you know, he'd drop me off there. He'd go to the restaurant and work all day and I'd wash cars and just kind of hang out. And, uh, one week, one weekend, I think I was 14. Then a friend of mine came up and helped me. Well, the normal guy that was there, the sales guy that was there wasn't there. And so long story short, a guy came in, looked at a Buick century, real sweet car, you know, those things. Uh-huh. And, uh, we haggard back and forth, back and forth. I took him for a test drive. 
and I just fucking sold him. So you sold, sold him a car, car just on the spot? Just right there, dude. I sold the car, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I fucking like this, man. This is a good game. Um, there, so being in, yeah. There is I no mean, rush. There's no, no fucking rush like selling a car to somebody. Oh, that just They walk on the lot, they're just browsing. And they yeah. know, they know, they think they might buy, they might not. And there's no rush like fucking closing that. It's, well, and it's so, it was fun, dude. And the guy, the guy paid, paid cash for the car. You know, it wasn't mm. a real expensive car, obviously, but he paid cash for the car. I didn't know how to do the paperwork. So I told him to come back, but I let him take the car. <laughs> so uh, Howard came back and he's like, where's that Buick Century? I'm like, I fucking sold it. <laughs> like, no, you did not. And I'm like, I did, dude, I sold it. And he's like, what'd you get out of it? And I told him and he's like, son of a bitch great job blah 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 and he's like where's the paperwork i'm like i just told the guy to come back which was a mistake the guy showed back up but the title and all that shit i had so long story short he came back and did the paperwork but i was stuck then i was like man i didn't want to say it was easy but it just felt good yeah so you know obviously through those years you know i've always done that i mean i worked for commercial tire a, a large you know they're kind of a northwest based company i worked for them i managed my my first store when i was 21 years old i went to work for them when i was 18 um, managed my first store, went through the ranks there, became the GM of sales at 27, I think. And so I covered all of the Northwest, call it Oregon, Idaho, Washington, and a bit of Utah. Uh -huh. So I'm 27 years old and I was the general manager of sales. That and is so, a heck of a lot of responsibility. Oh, dude, it was. I mean, I was young. Um, I loved it though. I mean, it was a great career. I mean, I kind of outgrew it and thought it was time to do something different, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, which led me into the, uh, basically into, I did some private contracting after 9-11, um, which was kind of a different deal. I did that. Um, I had my own business. It was called Taylor Trucks. So I bought and sold pickups and sold them to dealers. Had a company called Eastern Oregon Recovery. So I was a repo guy, which you knew that. I was uh -huh. a repo guy for about five, five years. Yeah, but these guys didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no. And, <laughs> and uh, um, I owned a parts store, a local parts store. So I had three businesses at that time. Um, went through a divorce, sold everything, started over, um, was fucking broke, dude. I mean, broke. And we will get into that kind of the history. I mean, I'm not, well, how, how old are you? How old are you right now in this story? How, how old I'm, are you when you're getting divorced in this story? Third, let me think for a second, buddy. So I was 32, 32 years old. Okay. Um, bottom line is it was, it was really, it, it was a fucked up situation. I lost, I basically lost everything. I was able to sell some stuff off. Um, I never filed bankruptcy. I fucking felt like I should have a few times, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I just made it work, dude. And I mean, just the grind, I mean, the fucking grind and the grind and work and work. And, um, yeah, it, you know, it seemed to, it seemed to get, you know, I got by, um, um, and during that time, um, obviously when you're working and you're you're doing stupid things. I got into drugs pretty bad. Um, I was a functioning, very fu well-functioning drug addict. I mean, I got high every day. That lasted for about, I actually started doing drugs before I was married to my first wife. She didn't know it. Um, no, nobody really knew. But I mean, you know, I was able to hide it pretty well. Can I ask what kind of drugs? Because I'm, I'm just curious. I did. I started off with, uh, with cocaine. And then I graduated to methamphetamine. The reason I graduated to methamphetamine is because it was so much stronger than cocaine. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't get a high out of cocaine anymore. So I, I, you know, I knew some guys that were into that shit and uh, I started doing that. And then it just kind of spiraled from there. Right. I mean, that's what, you know, it's, it is, it's kind of a, it's a shitty deal. Um, but 
you know, I learned from it. Uh, like I said, I was a functioning addict for probably six years. Um, and one day, um, my dad came and saw me. I had a little shop. Mm-hmm. This is after I lost all my shit. And I was living with them. And, by the and way. was, yeah, was being a functioning addict the cause of you losing all your shit? No, there was, um, that's a different story. Um, I think a lot of it probably may have played into it. Um, there was some, there was somebody that was kind of doing the financing and all the stuff for me on the side. I don't want to talk about that person, but uh, mm-hmm. to make a long story short, uh, that person, that person got me for about 220,000 bucks. It was there and it was gone and I didn't even fucking know it. So hence me getting rid of everything. But do you know, do I think that doing dope and being high all the fucking time was a good thing for me? No. Cause I overlooked a lot of shit. Right. Right. Um, right. I overlooked a lot of shit. But I remember I was living with my parents. Um, I had a shop up, up, up the road and uh, I was doing a lot of paint and body work because I, I can paint and I can do body work. I was working on some vehicles because I'm, I'm pretty handy at that shit or I used to be. And my dad came and saw me. It was probably, I'd say it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I'd been up for a couple of days. Uh-huh. It looked like hell. He came and saw me and uh, I was in the middle of painting a car. So he's, you know, he knocked on the door because I had all the windows covered, right? So nobody could see in my shop. Right, right. I did that, but I did. Um, so I got whatever, and I walked out and met him outside, and uh, he was like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm trying to get this car finished up or whatever. And he looked at me, he's like, he's like, you know, um, I never thought I'd have to say this to you, but he said, you're going to fucking die. Hmm. And uh, that really hit home with me because I, I had a lot of respect for my dad. Um, and I tried to tell him, I'm like, dad, um, I've got a problem. And he was like, well, no, don't tell me, just don't tell me, just fix it. Right. Right. He didn't want to, he didn't want to have a son that was a drug addict. Right. Mm-hmm. And he never, and he would never let me tell him. Right. I mean, I came clean to my mother. Um, anyway, I came clean to her and, uh, I, uh, made a phone call, call it. Maybe it was probably a week later. I made a phone call and, uh, it was one of those 1-800 numbers where you get help, right? I mean, I fucking didn't know. Uh-huh. And so I talked to a counselor um, and they were really cool. I mean, they talked about it. I talked about, you know, what my issues were and whatever. And uh, this guy says, well, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And so he called me tomorrow and I didn't get high. And so we were talking about it in one of our shows. And it was crazy because, you know, you've read, um, I know you're reading, you're reading Ed Milet's book, right? The Power yeah, of One More, Yeah, right? I'm, I'm almost done with it. Yeah. So dude, when I, and it's no bullshit, I was like, and I remember telling myself, like his father told himself, I'm not going to drink today, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to get high today. And before he knew it, I was a weekend. I'm not going to get high today. I'm not going to get high today. And uh, I just fucking stopped. But I mean, to tell you, to be honest with you, dude, that's been, holy shit, bro. 14 years ago or whatever, or no, 16 years ago that I've been clean. And uh, I still think about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Right, but I remember right. that feeling that it would give you. And, uh, um, I still think about it. Um, and I was, I guess I was lucky. Um, the people that I was hanging out with, um, in all honesty, the majority of them went to prison. Um, a couple of them were dead. So I just felt like when my dad told me that, I was like, you know, you're going to die, you're going to fucking die. And, uh, so that was it. I was like, fuck it. I'm done. I got to get my shit straight. I shut my shop down, cleaned everything out, got everything done went to work for the, for a great company that I worked for until I came to work with Jason. And, uh, that was it, but, uh, fucking rough times, dude. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know that you've, you've shared with me, like some, you had some alcohol and that type of oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, it, that fucking shit, dude. I mean, it gets a hold of you. And I mean, and you think that you're fine. You're not mm -hmm. fine. I mean, it just, I, I guess by the grace of God, I'm glad that I'm still here and I'm not in prison. I'm not dead. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a crazy story. It's uh, one that I actually, I've never told. I mean, I, do, I, I told you and I talked, you and I talked about it a little bit, but uh, mm -hmm. Jason and I talked about it and I finally thought, you know what, fuck it, dude, that's part of my past. I mean, I think yeah. that's what made me better today. Um, and it's to, to go from where I was at. And I mean, I'm not the most successful guy in the world. I'm pretty happy. I think I do okay. But to go from where it was and to where I am today, I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. If I can do it, anybody can do that shit. So talk me through that a minute. What, what did the green shoots of recovery look like for you? You went to work for a new company. How did yep. that start to turn out? Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, so when I owned the parts business, I had several customers that were farmers, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I sold a lot of stuff. Well, anyway, um, I called one of them and I said, Hey, I need a job. He's like, Oh, you're not working. You don't have your shop anymore. I'm like, no, I don't have my shop anymore. And he goes, well, dude, I mean, he said, I can pay you. He said, and I mean, back then it was 06 or whatever it was. Um, he's like, dude, I can only pay you 20 bucks an hour. I'm thinking, well, fuck 20 bucks an hour. It wasn't too bad then. Right. Right. And I, I said, Pat, I need to make, I need to make money, dude. Um, I, I got to get something going. And so he hired me and, uh, it, so when I was, I, I ran a baler. Uh, so I ran a swather to baler. So I would uh -huh. cut hay or cut straw and I would bail, right? right. Depending on what it was. Um, I ended up being the baler. So I would work when you're bailing straw, you know, like wheat straw, you can bail that shit for days. I mean, when you're doing hay, it's got to have the right dew point. So it's the stuff sticks together, whatever. Uh -huh. But uh, I was bailing straw. And so he would, he told me, he was like, dude, um, you can work all the hours you want. And so I had another guy that worked with us. Um, I'm still friends with him today. He was kind of a flaky. He was a young kid, right? Uh -huh. He liked to party and I was old. I was older and I damn sure didn't want to fucking party. Um, so it was always easy for me to, he wouldn't show up to work for the majority of the time. And so I'd be like, fuck it. I'll just keep working. And so I, I remember those days, dude. And it's a true story, not on drugs, drank a lot of freaking uh, um, back in those days. I don't know what the energy drink was. It was something real shitty, but I drank a lot, <laughs> a lot of Pepsi, a lot of energy drinks, but I remember um, I had this old, like 89 Ford F two fifty beat the fuck pickup. Uh -huh. Um, I'd load that son of a bitch up, load my cooler, put some sandwiches in there and shit. Cause I didn't really know how long that day was going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. But you'd click along, you'd click along, you'd go work through the night, daylight would come and you'd look and you're like, Holy fuck, dude. I mean, I've been bailing straw for 20 hours. Yeah. And so, um, occasionally, um, I lived quite a while, you know, he was a custom guy. So we traveled quite a, you know, maybe within a call it a hundred mile radius. Right. But I mean, dude, I'm not going to drive home and try to get some sleep for four hours and come back and start over again. So I'd sleep in my pickup, you know, right. or whatever. And, uh, I did that for quite, well, I did that through the season. Um, a friend of mine worked for the, the equipment company that I went to work for and he called me. He's like, and he tried to get me to go there several times. He's like, dude, it's going to be a great deal, blah, blah, blah. And I was mm -hmm. like, all right, man. So I get a phone call from him one day and uh, I'm going to tell you it was August, maybe September. I don't remember. Um, August, I believe. Okay. Um, and they called me and wanted to do an interview. And I'm like, okay, great. I mean, dude, mind you, I mean, I kind of did my own thing for so long and I didn't, you know what I mean? I was like, fuck, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I had an interview. I just can't, I mean, I was nervous as shit. So anyway, I, uh, I drove up to Pat. I, drove <laughs> I up can't more. imagine having a job interview. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I, I don't know what to, to do. Oh, 
fuck no, dude. And I didn't. I mean, I put on, you know, a freaking button up shirt and made sure I had some clean jeans on whatever. Right. And so, um, I rolled up there it was north, north of, it was in Washington. I live in Oregon, but it wasn't a far drive. It was 40 miles. Mm-hmm. I met these guys at the office and we went back and forth and talked. And I remember walking out of that office and I looked upstairs to where my buddy Mike worked and, and he's looking and he's kind of giving me the thumbs up and he's smiling and shit. And I was like, all right, man. And so he called me right away and I said, I think it went pretty well. And, you know, da, da, da. and so long story short, I'm back at work about two days later, I get a call from, uh, from the sales manager. And he's like, we'd like to, like to offer you this job. Mm-hmm. I was like, great. You know, I was like, great. When do you want me to start? And he's like, well, do you want to know what the pay is? And I said, yeah, yeah. Obviously I didn't know what the pay <laughs> is. I need to know what the commission is. I said, it's commission, right? And he's like, yeah, it's really commission based. But he said, uh, um, your annual pay is $19,000 a year. And I was like, fuck man. But then I was like, well, what's my commission base? Right. Uh-huh. Long story short, I took that fucking job and ran with it, dude. Um, I was lucky enough to, uh, get a good customer base. It didn't take a long time. Um, you know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Right. And I was lucky yeah. enough to gain that trust. And I think that I'm a friendly enough guy that most people like me. Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there, dude. And I just, uh, I did that. I was a store manager for a few years, became a sales manager, became the GM of sales. And I always sold, I always worked with my guys and sold. And I remember there was a customer that I used to take care of. And, uh, it was so funny, dude. So him and his brother and dad run this big, very large wheat ranch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he calls me the So I used to sell him equipment. So he always would kind of come to me, but I'd take the salesman with me. Right. Right. That type of shit. So he, he was like, you know, we need another combine it's coming up and you know, combines aren't cheap, dude. I mean, I use combine these days is 250, 300,000 bucks. Right. And so right, right, anyway, right. I said, yeah, I said, uh, meet me at the Hermiston store and we'll run up to Sunnyside to look at this combine and his sales guy, Ron, who I'm still friends with all these guys today. We got in the truck, went up, looked at the combine, walked through it, did all the bullshit. And, uh, he was like, well, what do you think, Steve? I said, I think it's a, I think it's a fair deal and I think you need it. And we just went back and forth and I got him some financing that, that looked good. And he signs the PO. And so we're driving back home and his brother calls and it's on Bluetooth. And he was like, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, what's going on? He's like, Oh, we're just on our way back. And, uh, his brother's like, well, how'd it go? He's like, Oh, it went pretty good. And he was like, Hey, do me a favor. And Randy, the guy I'm with, he's like, what's that? He's like, don't you dare fucking let Steve talk to him to sign an appeal. Don't you fucking dare let him do it. And I was there and I'm like, I'm like, he already did it, man. Fuck you guys own it. And in uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, um, it was, it was, you know, dude, it's just, it was good. And I mean, and uh, I guess we'll get to the point now to like, so that job, dude, it was a great job. And I made a fucking shit ton of money there. I mean, it was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. The company is a very, very large company, very large. I mean, we were up to the point in the, in the equipment side, we were doing shit, three and a half billion with a B in sales. And, uh, that's a lot. Yeah. And the company was a family run company, um, family run company. And I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to know the guy that owned the place and his daughter, who was the, who was our CEO. And, and I was, I was friends with our, with our, with, with the executive VP. And I mean, it was just a good deal and, uh, things changed, you know how it is. And they brought a different CEO in. Um, I, oh, I'm not gonna, I didn't fucking like him. I, I met with him plenty of times and I thought he was a fucking jerk and, uh, I was still doing good, you know, and I, I didn't report to him directly. So it was fine. I just didn't like the way it looked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, so this is probably 16 or whatever it was when 
it was me and a couple other VPs with the company. And we had an international person that went with us and we went to this 10X growth con. This is where it gets interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there listening to these speakers, Ed Milet, Andy Frisella. Um, there was a bunch of them up there. And I did not know who these fucking guys were. Had no idea, dude. I didn't know. I, listened well, to I mean, to be fair, my, my first MDM, I'd not heard half the people there. You know? Well, yeah. And so, I mean, I was just like, you guys have got a, what's, what's a podcast first, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's a free. Okay. I, I get, I got, I got iTunes on my freaking iPhone. Right. Or, um, so anyway, I, uh, I just soaked it all in and I soaked it all in. And I was just like, it like, it was, dude, it was like turning on a, a fucking switch. I was like, fucking boom. And I mean, I, I'm not going to brag, but I'm a pretty good fucking salesman. I'm pretty good. Right. But when I yeah. left, dude, I was like, holy fuck, dude, what have I been missing? You know? I'm for, I'm in my forties. Yeah. My forties by then. And I'm like, what the fuck have I been missing? And, uh, I came home, started listening to podcasts. I, like I said, I always read a few books, but really got into reading like you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just kept doing that. And I mean, work was going great, dude. We were selling tons of shit. I was happy. And, uh, here comes Jason Grabiel, Right. And so, <laughs> we're, and he, I always thought Jason was kind of a prick, you know, just cause you know how I, he, I can he, see why. He comes across kind of like a fucking prick. He just does. No, and you, you guys no, he doesn't come on. He, he's got that look, you know, whatever. And so I, I remember he's always been nice to me. I've, no, I've, it's just the way he looks. <laughs> I love the guy. Fucking, you know, that I'm basically going to talk shit about him because I can. Anyway. I just, I, I don't know how you're forcing me to agree that my friend looks like a prick. <laughs> he's got that look. He doesn't Jason, look like I'm sorry. Jason, you're not approachable. Fucking work on that. Anyway. I think they um, call it rest in bitch face, maybe. <laughs> I like Jason. He's always been I kind love to him. me. He's my he, business he... partner. I fucking love the guy. But uh, we're down at a little local, uh, little local uh, tap house, right? And mm -hmm. um, him and another guy come in, and I know them. I kind of know who they are, and I wander over and I'm shooting the shit with them a little bit. And um, well, not a lot went on, you know, blah blah blah. And uh, um, I'm trying to think. I think we, I think we exchanged numbers for something other than it wasn't business. It was maybe for a pickup deal or something we were talking about. A grinder and, uh, or. Yeah. And yeah. so we, uh, um, he sends me a text one day. He's like, Hey man, um, are you, you and Arte? I'm like, yeah, matter of fact, I am. And, uh, I said, I was actually in, in the original one, the Arte accelerator. I didn't, I wasn't a syndicate guy because for one, I did, well, I just fucking wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know that I was, you know, I don't know if I made the cut and I don't know if I wanted to spend a hundred fucking grand to be in that group. Right. Uh -huh. Um, but I damn sure spent the, whatever it was, the four or 500 bucks a month to be in the accelerator. So I was like, right, yeah, right. I'm in it. And he's like, well, dude, I just joined it. What do you think of it? And I said, it's great. And so he's like, well, dude, let's meet for a beer. So we meet for a beer. We start talking books. We start talking podcasts. And um, that was probably, like I said, it was probably 2018, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe early 19. But anyway, we're talking about it and shit. And we're, we start to get a rapport. We start to become buddies. We're shooting the shit. We're texting each other. We're meeting for beers and all as well. And so he, he calls me one day and I'm driving up, up to my office in, in Pasco. Uh -huh. He's like, dude, he said, I need a sales guy. I need a producer. I need a producer. And I said, okay. And he goes, can you help me find one? I'm, I'm like, sure, I can help you find one. And so a few months go by. I talk to a few people. Nothing really works out, whatever. Because and nobody really wants to sell insurance, do they? Dude, it's not sexy. It is not. It's not mm -hmm. fucking sexy. Um, and so a few, few months go by, maybe six months go by. And I was thinking, fuck, dude, I think it's time. I think it's time to go. I mean, I don't. I, I don't love it anymore. I don't, it's, you know, I don't love it. And I'm scared. I mean, I was scared because I'm like, I made good money and I could have left, retired there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I call him one morning. I'm driving to pass. I'm like, dude, I found you a fucking sales guy. 
And he was like, who? And I said, me, motherfucker. And he was <laughs> like, what? And he was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, dude. I said, uh, I think I'm up. I think, I think I'm up for it. I want to, I want to do it. I want to give it a shot. And he was like, no shit. And I was like, yeah. I said, let's talk some more. And so we talked, talked back and forth. We talked money. We talked, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, about that time, I'm going to tell you, it was probably May, May of 20. And, uh, I'm like, all right, dude, I'm going to do it. I got some few things I need to finish up at work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, um, we had a potato division and a regular ag division. And I ran them both. And uh, one of my potato guys who I built a pretty, a really good relationship with, uh -huh. he was up at a meeting in Blackfoot, Idaho, hanging out, visiting with his parents. And this guy was, Gary was 53, 54. Um, anyway, good sales guy, knew everybody. I mean, just was good shit. Well, I get a phone call, call it 11, 12 o'clock at night. His wife's called me and he fucking died. Damn, dude. Had a heart attack and died. And so, uh, long story short, um, normally, like when somebody leaves the company or you know how you, somebody leaves the company or whatever, their commission just goes back in the, in the kitty, right? It just is right. what it is. Well, he had a probably, dude, shit that he had sold that had not been delivered. It was going to be six months before everything was delivered. But there was probably 80, 100,000 bucks in commission, right? Mm -hmm. And so I called Jason. I'm like, dude, I need a few more weeks. I said, I got to make sure that I get his wife this money. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I battle back and forth with the people that I don't fucking like above, you know, everybody. And I'm like, dude, this is how it's going to be. We, we need to pay this guy's wife, right? Yeah. So we get it all done and um, <laughs> we get everything done. And I felt pretty good about it. And then I was like, well, shit. God damn, it's about time for me to get the fuck out of here, right? And so had a meeting with my VP with a big group of people. And we had a bunch of stuff going on. And it's like some margins and sales margins and where we're at. And everything was fucking perfect. And we sat down, everybody leaves the room. Him and I are sitting up in the conference room in our office in Pasco. And he's, he's the door's open. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, we need to talk about these warranty reimbursements and this and that. And I just got up and I shut the door. I was like, bro, I'm leaving. And he was like, what? And like I said, it was 15, 15 years there. He was like, what yeah. are you talking about? I'm like, dude, this just isn't for me anymore. I said, you and I are starting to bang heads. Um, cause I'm a sales guy. Right. And I want to make sure the guys get paid. And, and I said, right. we're banging heads. Right. Um, and I just don't think it's fucking worth it anymore. And he sat there and he was like, dude, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm serious. And he's like, what are you gonna go do? And I kind of told him what I was going to do. And he was like, dude, that sounds boring. I'm like, nah, I think we can make it fun. And, uh, so we sat there and we talked for a little bit and, uh, he teared up, I teared up because this is the guy that actually originally hired me when I was just a salesman and he was right. a sales manager mm -hmm. and now he's my vice president. And I love the guy to this day where we're still great friends. Um, and he's like, okay, well, normally when you leave, like if I was to turn in my notice, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll pay your two weeks, you know, give me your keys and your phone and get the fuck out of here. Right. I mean, not right. because yeah. we're trying to be dicks, but because you know, there's, there's, there's risk there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, if you want me to leave today, I'll leave. He's like, no, I don't want you to leave today. And he said, I said, okay. And I, so I worked for a couple more days and we talked back and forth about what it looked like by my exit. And, uh, he calls me, I think it was probably like on a Friday and, uh, he calls me about six o'clock in the morning and, uh, I'm like, what's up, dude. And he was like, he's like, well, are you ready to do the, and he started balling and I started balling. And, uh, I said, dude, we got to get it done. Mm -hmm. We got to get it done. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, and I already had a new phone, but new phone number. He's like, well, 
where are you going? I said, I'm going to go see the, the guys in Sunnyside. Da, da, da. And I said, and I'm just going to, I'm going to come meet you for a beer and we're going to call it quits. He's like, okay. So he sends the email out to the whole company. The whole company gets it. My phone is fucking lighting up. Cause I still got my old work phone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's calling me and, um, the bottom line is dude, um, I hated to leave there because I had so many relationships and so many friends, but it was time to go, you know? And so I, I left, you know, and I, we, Ian and I met and had some beers. I think we probably had a lot of beers that day, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said, bye. He said, bye. And, um, I came to work with Jason and, you know, we worked on some sales training stuff and I was calling on customers and selling policies and, um, yeah, dude, it just kind of, it fell together. I mean, the pro the deal with insurance, um, is, you know how it is. I mean, dude, it's a, it's a long process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Customers renew once a year, right? So you only have that one opportunity to get in there and get that account. But you know, once you get that account, once you, you know, we're, we're really proactive. I mean, we sell and we're, everybody knows like insurance costs about the same wherever you go. It doesn't really matter. Right. right. I mean, it's just how it yeah. is. I, I believe that we offer a service that uh, others don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we're very proactive. We're not reactive agents. I think we catch things before things go south or we catch things and make sure that their property is worth what it's really supposed to be worth and not what it was worth five fucking years ago, especially with inflation and the bullshit now. Right. I think we just figured it. I think we do a good job at that. And you know, everything's kind of, kind of come around. I mean, I, I hired one of the guys from RDO, um, young kid. I think you've met him, Andre. Matter of fact, I think you might've met him at the MDM. Anyway. uh, I've met a lot of people. (laughs) It's, It's hard to remember. Hard to remember. There's a lot of faces, man. The fucking kid just runs his ass off and I hired a few more. I have a couple other folks in central Oregon and it's just kind of worked out, dude. And, uh, it's been good. So, so cumulatively from then from start to finish, how long would you say you'd spent in sales now? Oh my gosh. Without giving away your age. (laughs) You know, my age, you always call me an old fucker. Uh, well, dude, 34 years, 34 years in sales, man. I, I got a question about that, Steve. So in 34 years, what has changed? the most about the way you sell? Well, I think it's different in the, in the businesses, right? In our business and what it used to be. Um, you know, the old guys, and I guess you could actually call me an old guy salesman. You know, the old guys are like, you know what? You build a rapport, you build a relationship, and that's just how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays, dude, it's not like that anymore. There's so many more options. There's so many more opportunities for people to buy from somebody else. There's so many more ways to make it convenient. I mean, you can go online and even you can go online and get a fucking business insurance quote and get it back. You can get it back in business takes a little longer. You can get that fucker back in a day. Right. I, um, yeah. But like, I'm not going to do that. Cause like I've got to make does insurance. So I'd be just, you know, and, and the one thing that annoys me about that is you put your, you put your shit into one of those and you get 500 people emailing you the same shit. Dude, it's, and- it, it's a turnoff. I'll go and I'll go and ask in my network and in my friend group, Hey, who does this? Well, and that's what's awesome about the group that we're in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everybody does something and we can all take care of each other. But I think, you know, what's changed, dude, is, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I use them. The Amazons of the world, all that shit has changed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sales ain't what it used to be. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to be, you, you, have, you have to make it convenient for people to buy from you, right? Mm-hmm. That's the number one. It has to be convenient. Um, and then as you, as you build it or... We offer a lot of proactive services. So people are like, well, fuck, I like that because my current person's not doing that for me or vice or whatever. And I think, okay, so then we do that. We get that account. 
And then you make sure you have that relationship, right? But I mean, dude, you know, the old days, I mean, it was all about, hey, buddy, your friends and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it just, with the world of the internet and the way things have changed, it's just not like it used to be. And I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I actually think it's better now because we have to be a lot more sharp, right? We have to be better. We have to be better than our competition. We have to offer things that they don't. Yeah. And um, that's what's changed, bro. <laughs> the internet, the world of fucking internet's changed. So, so go a little deeper on that for me then. You have to offer things they don't and stay ahead of the competition. What does, what does a typical lead setup look like for you guys? So a lead setup for us, I mean, we have lead gen tools um, that we use. But for us in the business, like in the, in the ag industry yeah. and the commercial industry, the nice thing about coming from where I came from, <laughs> I mean, dude, I had three or four states where the customers that I, I either knew who they were, they knew me, or I, I had their fucking address and phone number, right? Of course, uh, because of your background in the equipment. Yeah. And, right, and dude, it makes that's, sense, yeah. That's what makes it good for us. Um, Andre came out of that business as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we... Excuse me. Um, water break, water break. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. It's dude, it's hot. It's so fucking hot. <laughs> so, I mean, we were able to, you know, take advantage of that. And I mean, and still having friends in that business. I mean, Hey, how do I get a hold of so-and-so? I want to meet that. I want to, I want to come talk to him. Right. Mm -hmm. um, oh, well shit, dude. I've actually had it to where my guys that I used to work with, I go out. I mean, I jump in their company vehicle and I go out and I, I try, I, I work on a deal on insurance where they're selling fucking tractors. I mean, it just fucking works, right? So we're lucky. We're very lucky. I mean, the lead gen tools we have are great. I mean, you can you can go through all the public filings and you can figure out who's got what and what they're doing, how big their business is, how what the dollars are. Mm -hmm. um, and we use that as well. But we've been really lucky because the relationships that we've built, the relationships I've built over 15 years, 16 years, 17 years now, mm -hmm. um, I'm able to go to those people. And do we get all their business? No, dude, we don't. Because I've had a lot of, a lot of guys large farm accounts are like, well, Steve, you've been, you've sold equipment for so long. It's like, I'm just afraid you're going to be gone. You know, you're not going to like this. You're going to go do something else. And I'm, and I, you know what, that's okay. It's okay. I mean, I get that. Um, I'm invested obviously here and I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So as those, you know, as we go in, um, as we go in and kind of build, we call it building a wedge as we go in and build a wedge between them and their, their current agent, that shit will just come. I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's not sexy but we we've got those we've got so many relationships that i think that we're in a good spot so how's it been over the last few years as life has transitioned into kind of a little more freedom and a little more financial rewards have you hit any goals that you want to share have you sure. maybe uh, picked up a dream car or something no i haven't bought the dream car yet um, um I, I had to ask, man. I, I'll, dude, I know I've, I've got it. It's actually, it's on my vision board and it, it's on my vision board and it's actually my, my screensaver on my computer. Um, I haven't bought that car yet. Um, I've looked at a couple, but uh, as far as like some goals that we've set for the company, um, we set, you know, so we, we operate in that EOS system, which you've, you've mm -hmm. heard about, right? Yeah. Um, we have, you know, we have our L10 leadership meetings every Monday or every Tuesday, excuse me. And then we have our quarterly meetings with our EOS implementer. We have, we still work with him. Mm -hmm. um, we set some pretty big goals. I mean, in our goal in 10 years is to be a hundred million dollars in revenue and the top, one of the top 25 privately owned insurance companies in the U S how many staff do you need to pull something like that off? Man? Oh, what, what is break that I've down for me? What's that? I'm just, I'm just interested as to what that looks like. So as we've, we've gone all the way up to what our three-year goal is, 
our one-year goal, we blew that fucker out of the water. Um, our three-year okay. goal, as you look at it, I'm going to tell you that we would have two more agencies, mm-hmm. which would acquire, we would acquire and obviously bring revenue in because they're existing agencies. And I want to tell you on that three-year goal, we were going to have 74 employees. We currently have, no, mind you, from December of, of 20, mm-hmm. we had six of us and now there's 32 of us. Oh, wow. So we're growing, obviously. But we need 76 um, to get to that 100 million mark, dude. I don't know that we've actually went exactly how many employees, but we know how much revenue each person should have, mm-hmm. how big their book should be, how big the CSRs. The CSRs are the ones that kind of do all the back work. I mean, the producers don't, they, they sell, right? Right. The, in the right. insurance business, the CSRs do all the work. I mean, they, 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 they send everything into the company, into the carriers and do all that. And I mean, like a real solid CSR, real, and we, we've actually, I don't want to jump around too much. We've actually gone into, um, we have a, a, we've, we've gone to those, those VAs. And so we have one, her name is April and she's a fucking monster. She lives in the Philippines and she owns, she doesn't talk to customers, but she works with two of our biggest CSRs mm-hmm. and she takes care of all the minutia and stuff that they, that they don't want to do. They don't have time to do. And so for us, you look at like a real, a solid CSR would probably have a five, five million dollar book. And that CSR would make over a hundred thousand bucks a year. And that normally due to normal CSR in most businesses, are making 40 grand, 50 grand, right? So they're, right, they're gonna right. make, they make double with us because they can handle that book. And we have April that just kicks ass on, on her side and takes care of all that stuff they don't wanna fuck around with anymore, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But to answer your question on the 10 year goal, like I said, um, the 10 year goal, I don't know exactly because it's gonna change now that we're starting to utilize some VAs. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that 100 million dude is fucking exciting. Um, I won't share the number with you, but we did have, we did have a quarterly number that I had, um, and it was large and, uh, we, yeah, my, myself and the team doubled that fucker. So we doubled it. So now, uh, now, what? Uh, now I have another quarterly number that I'm like, did we blow our wad and fucking hit everything we could now we're gonna, still going to fucking hit the next one. But I mean, how, it was awesome. How do you motivate your team, uh, effectively to double those goals? Or is it just the amount of weight you lift? <laughs> um, you know what, dude, here's the deal. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like I have sales goals, right? But you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't set my sales goals until, until my people set their goals. And their goals are what they want. I'm like, what do you guys want to do? What do you want to buy this year? How much money do you want to make? Um, are you going to buy a second home? Are you going to buy a rental? How much do you need for that, right? So mm-hmm. we have these conversations. <laughs> a lot of us have them daily. But I mean, I'm like, okay, so Andre, for example. Andre, this quarter, what do you want to be able to afford? Well, fuck, I want to be able to buy a new pickup. Whatever it is, right? Well, how right, much money right, do you right. need? How much is your commission? Da, da, da. So it looks to me, Andre, like you need to sell. Our, so our commission structures are different with different carriers, but yeah. So I'm like, okay, Andre, you need to sell this quarter, call it 500,000 in premium, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think if you hit, if you hit 500, you're going to make this much money and you're, you can buy that whatever pickup you want or whatever right, it is. Right. Or you, got, you have your solid down payment. Mm-hmm. So then I go to the other ones um, and I'm like, what do you guys think? What do you want? I mean, how much money do you want to make this quarter? Da, da, da. And they tell me what they want. I put that all together and I tell Jason what we're going to sell. Mm-hmm. I don't and do the budget. I don't do the sales goals. They do it. And you just because show them the path it, to get there. Yeah, bro. If I do it, you're like, hey, Sammy, you sell 500 grand this month. Figure it out, right? Right. And right. I mean, we have calls. And dude, I'm an upbeat guy. I am the fucking, I am the massive optimist, right? Mm-hmm. The glass is always fucking half full. It's never half empty. And I mean, when, when we... We talk daily and we have, we have a sales call once a week on Mondays. Um, it's fire, dude. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when we get done with that call, 
fuck, I want to jump in the truck and go sell some shit too that day, right? Whether I've got, <laughs> got meetings or not. But uh, right, right. You, to, you keep them fired up, dude. And I mean, keep them interested on what they want, right? Mm-hmm. They all have dream boards. Every fucking one of them, dude. They got yeah. them hanging in their offices. This, well, this is what I want in one year. This is what I want in five. Well, I want to have mm-hmm. this house on the lake in 10. And so when you let them figure out what it is that they want, it's so much easier, dude, because they want to do, at the end of the day, dude, um, we all want to do well. And it's, it's, it's just fucking nice because when they hit their goals, dude, I've mm-hmm. hit my goal. We're all happy. But I mean, to yeah. go to like the old days, dude, even in the equipment business, you were like, okay, well, we're going to sell X amount of million dollars this, this quarter. And um, we're going to offer these specials on this or this special financing, blah, blah, blah. But I never went to my guys and said, what do you guys want? Right. What do you want? I mean, what do you want this quarter? What do you want for you? What do you want for family? What do you want to do? Just go fucking have a good time. Mm-hmm. And to do that, dude, and open it up to them. Like I said, that last quarter, dude, was fucking unbelievable. And it was all, it was all them, dude, because it's what they want. Yeah, they're all working towards their own goals. Yeah, and I mean, and dude, like you know, dude, our business, um, we operate by our core values. We hire and we fire by those fucking core values. And uh, the employees, it's, it's the one person that we hired recently, she came over from another agency. And we actually, we actually took her to the MDM with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, she's just like, I've never been, she worked at another agency for God, dude, 12 or 15 years. She's like, I've never been in a place where I had so much support. I never been to a place that took me to something like the MDM. Right. right. Why would any employer take you to that? Dude, I, I would want all my employees to go to that. Dude. Yeah. And I mean, and that's actually, we've talked about that. I mean, as we, we slowly build, I mean, okay, well this year we're taking 10 of you guys mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Um, and dude, to take them to those things and, and let them, and have, and dude, I mean, have them listen to the speakers like Ed Milet fucking killed it. You were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, Oh my God, I didn't boom. Oh, did you hear Ed Milet's podcast? We talk about that shit on Mondays or so-and-so's podcast or what book are you reading? I mean, I don't assign them books. They fucking just do it. Well, I, I mean, I was fixing to ask you, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I was going to ask what books you were reading, but uh, later in the interview, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm on my let's book right now. Um, I just, I read it again because I liked it. It's, it's called the, the Magic of Thinking Big. Have you read that book? No, um, but I do own it. I just haven't yeah. read it yet. I yeah. actually, I actually read it again just because I was like, I needed to kind of get back to where I, you know, get centered on back to kind of what it was. And uh, so I finished that. I started my let's book and like you, dude, um, I'm not doing 75 hard, but I, as you know, I mean, I have a routine, dude. Like when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm up, mm-hmm. I'm at the gym at 410, 415. I get my shit done. I come home, I feed my dogs, I start my coffee, get my protein shake, and I open the book and I read 10 pages. What's it like? What's it like going to the gym and skipping legs every time you go? <laughs> you fuckers. Does <laughs> Irvin listen to the smuggling thing too? Yeah, you Irvin do, told me to ask you, that. That motherfucker. You do realize that like last, <laughs> last, we'll call it, it was before Thanksgiving that I tore my left quad doing legs. I Literally. did not know that. No. Yeah, I tore it. No. And so it's been a freaking, you know, it, it's a little hard to get back, but I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Do I, would I rather concentrate on chest and back and arms? Fuck. Yes, I would, especially <laughs> now. But I mean, yeah, I, I, and I think you knew that I had that. I had a um, um, spine surgery in mm-hmm. February. Yeah. Um, yeah. You walk so around to, with the, the whole thing on there. Like, yeah. Yeah. To do, I can't do rear squats anymore. I can't because I, where I had the artificial disc put in and then where they fused my spine mm-hmm. is right where that bar goes. And I ain't taking that chance anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do front know. squats. Yeah. You know, I do, I do, I, I've incorporated that in there, but I do that. And so, yeah, fucking you guys and your goddamn leg day. I don't know why I ever got into that. 
<laughs> I tell you what, it's, uh, it's been, it, it's got me back into exercising regularly. It's been resistance bands, man. As I've oh, gotten older, you... over 40 and joint pain, oh, bro. all the other shit, like I've, it's a way to work out without joint pain. It's, it's well, phenomenal. and dude, you're right. I mean, my problem is I think that I don't know why the fuck I do it anymore. <laughs> my, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, uh, my, my fiance, actually, um, she works out every day as well. And she's like, like, well, why do you, why did you, you know, I'm like, babe, you know, shit, I, <laughs> whatever. I mean, shit, babe, I got, I got 365 up on the bench for my last fucking set and I did one of them or whatever. Right. And she's like, why do you do that? You're 48 years old. <laughs> and, and like, dude, like right now, this arm, this fucking arm's fucked up. This shoulder's fucked up. This one's fucked up. But I'm just like, I don't want to stop doing it. But the resistance bands, I mean, um, to be honest with you, I think because I just want to be bigger. I, I don't fucking know, dude, because I'm stupid. I, you know, but <laughs> I still love it. I, I damn sure take a lot of fucking Tylenol, a lot of <laughs> ibuprofen. But um, the band deal, like I said, is legit. I mean, you're lean. You're, you're, so, you're so much leaner now than you were when I met you. It's awesome, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. But it's, 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 it took me a long time to get fat and it's taken me a long time to get unfat. You know, it's, it's definitely been, a, <laughs> it's been a process. Um, yeah, and mine's yeah. been like, like I said, dude, I always worked out. I mean, I'd work out, blah, 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 that I wouldn't do shit. Right. Then mm -hmm. I work out, I wouldn't do shit. And so I'm going on, yeah, I'm going on two years, like two years straight. I mean, I remember when I came to work with Jason and, and those guys, I wasn't fucking, I mean, very little. Um, and I think I probably weighed 210, 212. Um, and I remember we had a team's meeting. I'm like, you know what I like, uh, you know what I really like to do? And I'm going to start doing that shit again. I, I, I need to start working out again. So I haven't stopped. I mean, I haven't stopped since then. I think I actually jumped on the scale this morning at the gym and I was 236. So mm. there you go. I, I think the key is consistency. I think yeah. the key is just keeping showing up and keeping doing yep. the work and all that shit. And once you get used to it, dude, you know, you certainly know now, especially you on set, you do it twice a day, right? I mean, oh, it's God. your routine. It's yeah. part of your fucking day. I don't, you just, and that's how I look at it. I'm like, and the awesome thing about it is, and we don't, I mean, I hate, I wouldn't have to go into it too deep, but the awesome thing about it for me is, dude, when I go in first thing in the morning, that's the first thing I do. Mm -hmm. I feel fucking, I mean, other than the fact I'm sore as shit, my shoulders are <laughs> my neck sore. But I mean, when I leave there, the, the endorphins are high. I'm just a happy motherfucker, dude. I get to the yeah. office, I'm ready to roll. I like to get my workouts in in the mornings. Um, yeah, I'm doing 75 hard right now. Um, on day 32. Um, I, I don't, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't complete it. I'm, I'm cruising along quite well. Okay. Um, but when I get a good workout in the morning, it kind of just sets me up for the rest of the day. It really does. And I notice the days when I don't go and work out how unproductive I am. And okay. so, but dude, I went for fucking, you know, 40 years avoiding it. You know? <laughs> dude, I got to tell you, man, like I, like I said, bro, um, it's been so amazing to watch you grow. But I mean, personally and professionally, it's just fucking, I'm so proud of you, dude. It's just, I mean, I love, I, I, I see all your posts and I see what you're doing in business and we talk and I'm just like, it's fucking just, it's awesome, dude. Just fucking so proud of you, man. You've been, you've been badass and I love your fucking show. I love Thank you. Man. Thank yeah. you. I don't know what to say that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I wasn't, awesome, I wasn't done interviewing you. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. We, I mean, we're good, dude. It's all good. But yeah, uh, it's been cool. I mean, the ride's been good for, I think for both of us, in all honesty, since we met in freaking Florida. So yeah. Yeah. I think podcasting has got, uh, it's got a lot to do it, uh, to do with it. So tell me what the future holds now for Steve motherfucking Taylor. And that is your actual real name, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to change it for sure. <laughs> He's going to change his driver's license. But yeah, <laughs> tell us what the future holds for you, Steve. What are your plans, mate? What's well, coming dude, up? I, what you got coming up? Um, I, the, I guess the future for me is pretty open. Um, you know, we're looking at. Come on, you got a more. you got a book coming out. You got a model. No, I deal. don't. You I got a clothing line. You got. I haven't like, done the book. Come on Pre now. Come Pre on. Google's been on me, and you're going to have to do one pretty soon. You know that. I mean, I. Um, I I started one and I scrapped it because I, I wanted to change the ending, which means I had to change the beginning. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> I, I have been, I have been so up and down on my fucking book because like, I don't want to just print a fucking pamphlet, slap a label on it and call it a book. I want it to actually be something like the, the fucking cornerstone of my legacy. And I just, I can't rush it. And then I keep overanalyzing it and I keep fucking, I, I keep talking myself out of putting stuff in there and into taking stuff out of there and ah uh, sorry went off uh, on that one on you no, but yeah dude, co mean, what's coming up for you bro um coming up for me um professionally um we're gonna continue to grow we're we're really looking in arizona at some uh at some stuff in arizona which would be good mm -hmm. um we've got some other side stuff going on Grayville and i that does will continue to grow um business is gonna grow personally dude i'm gonna continue what i'm doing off shit i might get married at some point i don't know when um she's a sweet gal she's actually been the perfect gal for me i just like i tell everybody that i, I i'm super lucky because she freaking uh <laughs> every dude every time we get in arguments because i fucking started it no bullshit <laughs> I, I mean and i can honestly man up and say i fucking yeah that's that's on me that's totally on me um she's been fucking amazing um fucking love her to death dude um how long ago did you meet her? I, dude, I, so you ready for this? Uh, we started school in first grade together. No shit. Uh, so I've known her for 42 years. I, okay. I gave my, just gave my fucking my shit away. So I'm 48, I'll be 49 this year, but uh, <laughs> I've known her and uh, we've ran in the same circles a little bit. And I mean, I've always known her. She's been married. She's divorced too. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just weird. Like uh, we kind of ran into each other and uh, we actually ran into each other a few years ago and I was dating somebody at the time. And so, you know, I always kind of felt like there was something there, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Cause you just kind of, you know, you just know. Right. And uh, so did she, but it just took me that much fucking longer to uh, actually, to be honest with you, to kind of have the, I don't know, to have the, I don't know, to have the balls to actually move forward with it and ask her. Right. So or ask her out. And we went to Mexico in April and, um yeah I, I i popped the question and gave her the ring and we don't have a date obviously but she's just been fucking awesome dude and i you know i just i think everything that happened in my life or her life or whatever kind of brought us together and it's really exciting and i'm normally normally i don't talk about that shit much but uh did you, know, did you have like, a like did you have a list of what you were looking for did you manifest her or do you think it just oh yeah i did i mean i wanted somebody that had the same common goals as me right i wanted someone that that um that enjoyed fitness, you know, to an extent, not a fucking weirdo, enjoyed, fitness, <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed the social aspect of, you know, going out and visiting people, going out to dinner. Um, <sighs> and, and I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I did. I, and she's very pretty, um, which is a bonus. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but so was that. And I mean, the social aspect was really important to me. Like I don't like to sit around at home. Um, I want to go, 
you know, Jesus, I want to go wine tasting and I, I, you know, I want to do that shit and I want to visit with people. And she is a little bit quiet. Uh, she doesn't have the exact same per- matter of fact, my sister had us do a personality profile. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I'll tell you after, I don't remember what it was, but dude, it was so crazy. We are the exact opposite. 1000 fucking percent opposite. I think that works for us though. Right. Um, <laughs> um, she's a bit of an introvert. I'm not, as you know, Right, right. So I wanted somebody that I could that I could mesh with and somebody that I could talk to and so you know dude it's I don't know man it's 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 crazy. I she's everything that I wanted. I mean and it's weird to say that because I've yeah, I've never um yeah, I've just never really been that to be honest with you dude, I've never asked any woman to marry me. Both of my ex-wives asked me. Which is weird, right? But, and I said, well, I yeah, go ahead. Did you ever think at then 47 years old, did you ever think you'd get back on the wagon and ever have a relationship again? Actually, dude, I didn't. When I got, when my ex-wife and I divorced, um, I was like, you know what, man, maybe marriage just isn't for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. dude, I, you've been there. Fuck. And, um, I was just like, you know, I don't think I want to do this again. And, uh, you know, I've dated, obviously I've dated some, some, some gals and, uh, I had a great time and, um, I didn't actually think so, dude. I truly thought that I was just going to kind of be me and do what I wanted to do and not really give a fuck about anything else. And just, you know what I mean? Just have a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's certainly, it's so weird how it changes. And I mean, it was, it wasn't like, it was weird, dude. It was like, I just kind of fucking knew. Yeah. I just kind of knew, I mean, I knew real quick but I damn sure wasn't going to say anything or ask anything, but I was just like, God, dude, it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's good. You know? Yeah. And I, and I'm glad that I'm actually glad that I so glad that we were able to reconnect. And I mean, like I said, we've known each other since first grade. Well, yeah. Congratulations, man. I'm yeah, super dude, happy thanks. for you. And I, I'm again, I've met somebody else where manifestation, uh, manifestation works. So well done. Yeah. Well yeah. done, no, sir. Yeah. All right. I've got, Two more questions to ask you. Wrap this interview up, my friend. All right, man. It has been my absolute pleasure, by the way. I've had a, a Dude, really love, great oh, time. Oh, I love talking to you regardless. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. So, so uh, number one, right? The small business surgeon is aimed at, you know, guys kind of like us, but maybe a few years behind us. Maybe that, uh, maybe that version of Steve that's in his early 30s and, uh, sure. and struggling a bit. What's, uh, what's one piece of advice that current day Steve would give to somebody that's like uh, Steve from maybe 15 years ago? a piece of current advice that I would give people that would have been in their thirties, um, kind of like what I know now. Correct. Yes. And I think that we've had, we, you know what I would say? <laughs> really know who your friends are. Get in the room that want with people that have the same goals as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, stay away from the naysayers, dude. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, you're capable to do anything you want to do. Um, and I do believe that, uh, unfortunately a lot of people, don't ever really see their full potential because of their, because of the, the people they hang out with. So guys, whatever you do, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like to drink beer and have a good time and bullshit with the guys, but I mean, that's not what it's all about. I mean, go for the guy, go for the, not the people that you want to hang out with are the people that want to see you win and you want to see them win. So do that. Please mm-hmm. do that. Man, that's some solid advice, man. It took me a long time. Bro, to, you uh, and me both. To, you know, you've, I think you get accused of, you know, letting go of relationships if there's nothing in them for you. But the counter to that is if there's nothing in them for you, why would you keep a relationship? You know, dude, like, you know what I mean? 
I've left I've left so many friends at the bar, mate. I could go back to the bar right now and still find seventy five percent of the guys I left there five years ago. Well, dude, when I when I left my you know my old career and decided to do this, some people that I was really really good and dude, I actually went to school with some of those people and been really good friends with them. They're like, yep, fuck, dude, he's gonna fail so fucking miserably. I can't believe he fucking made a move like this. How fucking stupid was that? And I heard about it, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what, motherfucker actually we're not fucking friends you know what i'm saying and i'm gonna make mm-hmm. sure that you fucking realize that i made the right decision but i mean and these are these are people that i've known for years and you're like motherfucker dude why don't you call me and say dude great can i what can i do to help you you know that's what the fuck we do right great. yeah i need yeah. to help you it's so it's crazy I, out of here, man. I don't even i don't even know how to think like that anymore dude i don't either i mean i want everybody to, i want our competition to win there's plenty of business out there i yeah. want everybody to fucking win dude mm-hmm. completely so, yeah. agree yeah yeah uh, all right mate last question um because okay. i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this and i'm hoping awesome. that the uh, the audience have enjoyed it too if they want to follow along with you at your podcast or any of your fun stuff that you do on instagram where can the listeners find you so the listeners could find us on itunes and spotify noble business and bruises our show we have a facebook page noble business and bruises as well um check that out um i think we're up to a whopping 805 members now so it's tell, building. tell me tell me real quick what you talk about on your podcast just so what we talk about as you know um we talk about basically it's business sales marketing um we talk about we had we did and i think you might have listened to them but we did two episodes one episode on our core values and the second on the we did our three core values on one our last three on the second one mm-hmm. we talk about that we have some we have guests on um it's all, it's really about business sales, marketing and life. I mean, um, we do one now that, uh, I don't know how long we're going to do it, but it's been fun. So as you guys know, as you know, Sam, we drink beer on a podcast. So that's why it's called the you, noble business. You've recorded it in a bar, don't you? We have, we've done yeah. it several times at our yeah. local tap house. Um, so what we, what we started doing is, uh, after we get done with our regular one, we normally make sure we have some beers in us and, uh, we call it the two to four points podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we go through, look at the national news. Um, and Andre picks out, we don't know what it is. Andre will pick out the stupidest fucking shit, dude. And we'll talk about it. So basically it's probably 15 minutes of us just talking shit and laughing our asses off. So <laughs> you're not gonna get a lot of value out of it, but it's kind of fun and funny. Um, so that's the show, the Facebook page, check it out. You can follow me at the real SMFT or Steve Taylor on Facebook. We'll put all those links in the uh, in the show notes as well, man. Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest, mate, and uh, I can't wait till uh, I get to see you next month. Yeah, I'll see you next month, man. I, dude, I appreciate it. Uh, Chitcher, my brother, man, I love you. It's great. I love you too, bud. All right, guys, that was the real Steve motherfucking Taylor. Please do me a favor and show him some love. And uh, if you've enjoyed the show, share the show. You can follow me at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, that's it from me and Steve. We will uh, well. I will see you later in the week. You'll be good and stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. 
The small business surgeon was reported at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.